Welcome to The Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, promoting and supporting the arts, arts organizations, and artists throughout Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. Well, good morning and welcome to Creative Cafe. I'm Kristen Chesick, the Executive Director of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, and I have the pleasure this morning of talking with Gail Reyes and Angie Melvin. They are artists and teaching artists. They work with um, KRISA EFA, which is the Kalamazoo Regional Educational Service Agency, and the Education for the Arts segment of that service. Um, they have a project, an exhibit up right now in our Weston Gallery called Blended Narratives. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. We always start this program because it is Creative Cafe, uh, asking you what your favorite morning beverage is. Oh. Matcha tea. Matcha tea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hands down black coffee. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I happen to be in the black coffee camp as well. Plenty matcha, I don't know if I've even ever had matcha tea. Yeah. Well, I can't drink coffee, so okay. that was my alternative, and I'm I grew to like it. I okay. don't know if I am initially liked it. <laughs> caffeinated? It's so caffeinated, it's, oh, okay. and I feel good, so yeah. that's all I need. <laughs> okay, that's probably good for you, too. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, all right. Well, Gail and Angie, thanks again for being on the show this morning. Um, kind of wanted to start the morning off with talking a little bit about your artistic journeys. Uh, how did you find out and start doing art? How did you know that that was something exciting for you? And then the teaching side of things, because a lot of times artists are artists, not teachers. Right. So how did you discover the teaching side? And either one of you can go first. Let me go. Yeah, okay. go for it. Um, you know, for me, I started when I was five. Like, on the sitting on the floor in my grandma's bedroom, I, I vividly remember drawing a picture of horses, watching TV in a living room with a couch and the whole works. My grandmother was crocheting, and <laughs> that's what she always did. And I just had this, like, I remember looking up at her and saying, I'm going to be an artist. And and it was just, I knew it from that point forward. Uh, My aunt was an artist. My grandmother, I would say, was an artist as well. And so that's where my family always encouraged me to Mm -hmm. continue. Nobody said, oh, you'll never make any money. They didn't think about that. They were like, yeah, this is what you're going to do. Okay. And visual artists. Were they all visual artists as well? Yes. Yes. Um, And so... I went to school for it, went to Kendall for a little bit, went to Grand Valley, um, and ironically had my um, decided, even though drawing and painting was more what I did, I didn't know a thing about metals and jewelry, so that's what I decided to pursue. (laughs) So I liked the professor, Bev Seeley, she was awesome at Grand Valley, and um, so I graduated with a BFA in metals and jewelry and made jewelry for a while, and I had supported myself that way. for a while, uh, I was working for Sherry Emery with Emery mm-hmm. Fine Arts as a gallery director. She had a place at the Radisson, and I did that. Yeah. Um, owned an aquarium manufacturing business for a while, partners in that, <laughs> set up aquariums. I mean, just, you know, but everything required creativity uh-huh. to do it. Um, when I went through a divorce, I decided it's time to get a job where I can pay for insurance for mm-hmm. my child and take care of my kid. and. So I um, went back to school, went back to Grand Valley. They have a great graduate teaching certification program, and I was able to hit it real fast, get mm-hmm. it done, and then I was hired basically after I graduated the next day from KPS. And um, so I was there for quite a few years, and then EFA came about, and yeah. I, I'm just really happy that 
that was the decision I made. Mm -hmm. And so I've just had, as far as the art and the teaching, for me, it's, it's the same. It's well, what I have okay. to do. Sure, you know, I have sure. to do both of them together. They both inspire me um, for both teaching and for making art. Okay. So that's okay. my story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Angie, what about you? Oh, so <clears throat> I was in third grade when I got to go see a high school production of Oklahoma and my little mind was blown and I thought it was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. And I was like, what is this world? So, you know, shout out to the power of bringing your little people to see different works of art because um, in that audience, I came home, I went to the library, I got books about Broadway and I was just absolutely hooked. And from then on, I loved theater. And so I did end up going to, I did theater in high school and all of that fun stuff, typical theater kid. And then I went to Western actually transferred. I started at Lansing Community College mm -hmm. and I took their theater program then I transferred to Western's theater program. And I really, then I wanted to do theater education. That was my heart. Um, I had two really wonderful parents who always said, you know what, find what you love to do and help people while doing it. And I really loved theater and I really wanted to work with little ones and teach and kind of ha take them to see that show or that exhibit that makes them go, oh, what is this world? This is for me. So um, I went to Western and I, they, had, they had just the year before, they just can't, um, they no longer offered the education, theater education program. And so I started looking into drama therapy and theater and actually found my way to get my um, degree in theater. And then I went back and got my master's in social work. Um, I have a family of social workers and, um, and it was something where it was like, okay, I could really make my own path. And while I was, when I graduated, I found education for the arts. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, what is this little gem? And um, became a teaching artist. And Matt Valerie Miller, who um, initially started the Alternative Arts Initiative. And that program, that EFA program, works specifically with students who are in special education and alternative programming. And I thought, oh, okay, this is where I can maybe really make an impact. I'm teaching theater, working with students, um, sharing love with them. And all while I was doing that, I was doing shows at the New Vic Theater, or at Whole Art Theater. I was part of a very small resident company um, at the Whole Art Theater, if everybody remembers that. Also a little gem that used to be in our community. Um, and we did shows, and while I was doing that, I was a teaching artist. And I kind of balanced that world, doing little jobs in theater and directing. And um, I fell in love with EFA and fell in love with working with the Alternative Arts Initiative and eventually that position became available. And while I was doing that, I was also had started the master's program for social work. So I was like, okay, best of both worlds. We got theater, we've got social work. How can I combine these worlds and um, help serve part of our community to bring theater and the arts to them? So, yeah. Right. Kind and of you're still doing it. I'm both still doing you. it. <laughs> right. Right. And that's great. Uh, the, the exhibit right now mm -hmm. that's um, in the Weston Gallery at um, the Arts Council was actually born, I think, out of a personal project, Gail, yeah, that yes. you had started called Blended Narratives. Can you talk a little bit about that project? Sure. Um, back in 2019, I started, I wrote the grant, uh, to the CADI grant, to be able to do a project, and I needed a space to work. I needed um, just a, a place to be able to gather these thoughts that I'd had for a long time. And um, my, my family is uh, blended. Uh, we, my husband and I 
met when we were older. We had kids, and and um, and then on top of it, uh, it is a cross-cultural family, mm -hmm. and so we're all bringing in just the way that we were all, the experiences and how we were raised, and and it's completely different from each other. And then trying to work through that, and how mm -hmm. do you how do you do that? And um, so I thought about that a lot. I thought about just the stories that my kids had shared and that my husband shared and how different it was from my life. And, um, and so I started uh, putting together their stories and writing down things that, like visions that I had about it and started putting them together. So when I wrote the grant, I was like, this would be a great way for me to, to tell their story or tell our story mm -hmm. and, how it, um, and just how we are as a family. And so we, um, I wrote the grant, and uh, in 2020, I received um, the funding to be able to do that. I was over at uh, Park Trades, and mm -hmm. that's where I got my gallery, um, and just started working on these portraits and different, that um, started out as portraits. And from there, um, it, it just kind of grew and evolved into some pieces that are more three-dimensional, and, uh, and I'm still working on it. It's not okay. done. <laughs> I'm okay. still working on it. That's great. And about the same time, I understand, Angie, uh, you were trying to develop a project that would bring different disciplines together for EFA mm -hmm. as part of the um, alternative uh, art initiative. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when you were introduced to Paul Morgan's oh, yes. rope machine, <laughs> yes, yes. which uh, you'll have to describe that for us. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. So when I first kind of took on the alternative arts initiative as a teaching artist, I was a theater teaching artist for years. and. The one part, when we all get going, we're serving the entire county. So teaching artists are all over the place from <coughs> Gull Lake to Schoolcraft, and we don't always get the chance to work together. So when I became um, the coordinator of the Alternative Arts Initiative, I thought what would it, it would be so powerful for us to be able, as artists, to work together mm -hmm. on some projects. So the visual artists, the musicians, um, the dancers, and the theater artists, we all kind of got together in little sub-focus groups. And we brainstormed and we thought, what is something we could create together? And somebody brought to the table this artist, and I wish I knew the name right now. It's, it's Jeannie Antonetti yeah, Jeannie from Chicago. Antonetti. Yeah. And, and she would make rope. Mm -hmm. and then tightrope walk on right. it and had these oh my God. yeah right <laughs> it, was, it was really cool we've never done that <laughs> no. okay. uh, we have jump rope we've done a lot of things with the rope but we've never tightrope walk um, but so we were like okay this idea of making rope is really interesting mm -hmm. and somebody brought up i think it was patty aiden one of our teaching artists said there's this individual in our community who is mm -hmm an expert at rope making, to which we all were like, of course there is, this is Kalamazoo. <laughs> um, and it was Paul, and um, we had him come and bring his rope machine, and not only his rope machine, but he taught us how to finger twine, I'm like showing him how to finger twine, <laughs> fibers, but, and, but this rope machine was, um, it was wooden, and it had these open metal gears mm -hmm. and you would crank it so the way it works is you would take yarn and there would be hooks i think he had six hooks on his machine you would loop your yarn onto the hook and then you would walk down to a base hook where you would hook it and come back and so you would have these strands of um, colorful yarn to make these ropes, which looked very much like we, I always joke that it looks like the streams of Ghostbusters, like don't cross the streams. <laughs> um, but so Paul taught us how to make, um, 
make the yarn on his machine. And I was able to bring down my brother-in-law, Pete Melvin, shout out to him because (laughs) he is just, he loves to work with wood and create. And he's not a professional woodworker, but he, it is his, his passion of making things. And so he looked at the machine and he was like, I can make you one. Oh, wow. Took all these notes because with working with our youth and especially in our special education classrooms, we couldn't have the metal gears for little fingers to go. (laughs) Of course, of course. So if you picture this, he put together our machine with these wonderful gears that connect and they go around when we crank the the rope together, Mm -hmm. covered with plexiglass so our students can watch both visually these gears going Mm -hmm. as well as the rope twining and building tension so the way the machine works i know i hope you can all visualize this (laughs) you turn the crank um, when you have the amount that you want of yarn on on the machine you turn it and it builds tension and tension and it pulls in on itself to make that winding braided rope look that's cool that's very cool yeah we are going to have to step away for a short break when we get back we'll continue to talk about the rope machine that project and how that project 10 other teaching artists and -hmm. blended narratives come together for an exhibit we'll be right back thanks for taking the time this morning to join us at the creative cafe whether it's a live concert a riveting piece of theater or a beautiful ballet Kalamazoo has everything you'd want in an arts and culture scene. In fact, arts and culture have always been a cornerstone of what makes Kalamazoo a great place to work and live. As a service organization, the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo has been proud to serve Kalamazoo since 1966. And they're still here serving artist organizations and connecting artists to our community. If you want to know what's happening in the local arts scene, please visit the Arts Council's website, KalamazooArts.org, and click on the calendar to plan your next experience. That's KalamazooArts.org, and help amplify the arts in our community. Now you know. This message is proudly brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. You're listening to The Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM, WKZO. And welcome back to Creative Cafe. Before the break, we were talking about um, Blended Narratives, which is a project that Gail Reyes had put together um, about her family, and then also Paul Morgan's Rope Machine and how that um, became part of the EFA teaching um, uh, classroom. And I would love to continue that conversation. I'm here with Gail Reyes and Angie Melvin. Both are part of uh, the KRESA Education for the Arts and um so let's talk let's let's finish up that conversation about the rope machine so so the machine we um we had our own machine yeah and then that started to go out to schools we would book so in the alternative arts initiative we partner with the schools to create residencies in alternative and special education classrooms working with professional artists so that professional artist will come in and do a series of workshops and then we usually have either take them to a live performance exhibit or a special experience like mm-hmm. making ropes so the rope machine became one of our rotations where we would come to the schools and the students would get to make rope um, on this machine and 
as we started making Rope with the Machine, it just started to evolve. The idea of weaving stories came into play, mm-hmm. where the students on fabric would write a little bit about themselves. The whole idea of um, the through line of the project and of AAI is this idea that these students are part of our arts community and their voice matters, their representation in our community matters. So they would write on these pieces of fabrics either. Um, a word about themselves up to a paragraph up to about this. Mm-hmm. And some of our nonverbal students would make symbols onto the fabrics mm-hmm. to represent who they are. Um, and then that piece of fabric, those fabrics uh, pieces would be tied together and they're infused inside the ropes, so wrapped inside those ropes. So if you see our installation that we'll talk about, mm-hmm. um, you will see pieces of fabric coming out of these ropes with maybe a word here or there, but those are all stories of not only our students, mm-hmm. because now it's evolved into the community, right. um, but they are th- these story ropes that hold the story of our community and and then Gail really was like, this project, we mm. have to take it to the next level. And with her idea of blended narratives and working with her high school students. So another part of EFA is our high school classes. Yes. Um, and so we have students all, all across the county taking uh, classes with our professional artists um, at the high school level as well. And so Gail works with our high school and they started to really take this idea of the rope project to the next, next level. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We had um, last year, well, back, I don't know, several years ago, we had about 50 ropes that had been made. Oh, wow. And so we were like, what are we going to do with it? So I presented it as a, a creative problem-solving problem mm-hmm. for my students. And they came up with the idea of a French braid, that all of these stories come in together into one big braid or one big rope. Gotcha. Uh, and that is the rope that is hanging here in the gallery okay. at Weston. Um, the and so that was kind of the start of it Mm -hmm. Uh, last year uh, we worked with um, visiting artist Brent Harris who is the head of the sculpture department at the Kalamazoo Institute of Arts and a a well-known artist in in the area Uh, he taught them how to weld how to use a plasma cutter they (laughs) created they came up we went through a very aesthetic education approach to coming up with the ideas of what we were going to make and we ended up making they made a huge willow tree that was cut out of steel and welded together with ropes hanging from it. Um, there is a shadow box that is the skyline of, of Kalamazoo with the rivers, the ropes yeah. going through. Um, there's a sphere, there's hands holding a rope, um, and, I, and, and an arch that has rope draining, uh, that kind of hangs over it. These pieces are now at uh, the Promise Building mm-hmm. and on display so the public can come and look at them there. And there's a write-up the kids wrote artist statements talked about the ideas behind it so Mm -hmm. they and then they you know were there for a big exhibition so it was a great experience for them to be able to have their work and now it's on a public display and it's part of public art which is really cool which is yeah that's very cool and so um so some of that we can see in the West End mm-hmm. with the Rope Project, but you you have a, a lot of teaching artists work on display right now as part of that yes. new Blended Narratives um, exhibit. Can you talk a little bit? I think the the project was first shown last December. Yes, yes. So back in 2020, um, when I had my gallery space, I had this as I'm working by myself and my brain is just going in a million directions. I started thinking about, wouldn't it be cool to make 
blended narrative about our EFA teaching artists. We haven't shown together mm. in a long time. Like mm -hmm. I never had shown with them, and so it's like it's time. And so I invited uh, Kevin Dodd and Angie to come up to my studio, and we sat one afternoon and just kind of talked about what would this look like. Yeah. And we wanted to have it at Park Trades, um, and we had this idea of what it would be, and it was supposed to be on the repertoire for the next year, mm -hmm. and then COVID. <laughs> right, <laughs> then COVID. right. So it kind of put it on hold for a little bit. But okay. um, then Kevin contacted me again uh, before last uh, December and had said, hey, let's revisit this. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this again. So we went over to Park Trades. We talked to Liz, who's the building manager over there. She was fantastic. And she was like, we'd love to work with you and figure this out so we could get one of the vacant studios oh, yeah. for a month. And sure. um, they were really great about that. So we were in this beautiful big space that used to be a wood working shop so we had a lot of dusting to do but <laughs> sure. it was a great space for setting up the show having kids come in we had hundreds of kids come in and mm -hmm. see the show and then also there was a big activity space where they were creating stories for the rope and mm -hmm. doing other uh, collaborative works and it was just it was a it was a ton of fun right and so now the project is uh in the weston gallery yes same artists are displayed same teaching artists are displayed yes and we added a couple okay so <laughs> who who so, is on display so we have artwork with pat from patty aiden heather borisma anida Calaza lawrence uh, Karen French Hall, uh, Brent Harris, Honor Lee, myself, Gail Reyes, Corinne Satterley, Kim Shaw, Meg Tang, and Mary Whalen. Right. So that's, yeah, lots that's of lot. heavy, that's a lot, lots heavy of heavy hitters, <laughs> but then all teaching artists as well. Yes. And I, I'm not sure sometimes when we meet people uh, in the community, we're like, oh yeah, you're an artist, but we don't connect it. Like you also teach our children mm -hmm. right. and our young adults um, what you do, which is kind of awesome as well. So right. Kalamazoo is an awesome place. How do we find out more about the exhibit? Mm -hmm. So the, the exhibit itself, um, I'm assuming, is on your website. It, yes, <laughs> yeah. It'll be uh, because it's up through um, actually the end of October we'll have right. it up. Right. And so you can go there just to see a little bit more. But then I think there's a Windows yeah, so um, we do have, so EFA, we talked about this rep, um, on EFA.org, we have um, a, a whole website that shows all of the works of art. The, the window on the work that you're talking about for blended narratives mm -hmm. would be on that website. But also you could take a peek and see all the kinds of work that we're doing and bringing right. to your students yeah. across the county. We serve in three different programs. We have students coming to see visual, mm -hmm. performing, and, uh, works of art all year long. Okay, so. and so that's, that's efa.org yep. backslash EFA. No, it's kresa.org backslash EFA. <laughs> yes. So yes. if you want to go see, uh, see more about EFA. And then, Gail, do you have a website for your work? I do. It's uh, cultivatingcreativity.com. Cultivatingcreativity.com. All right, so check out all of that. Check out um, wonderful gem in our community, Education for the Arts. Check out Gail Reyes's work. Thank you to both of you, Angie and Gail, for talking today. Um, I'm always amazed at the amount of talent in our community <laughs> and sure. the uh, openness to share yeah. Yeah. the talent with others. Yeah. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for making space for that. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time this morning to join us at the Creative Cafe. Since 1985, the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo has honored artists, organizations, and businesses in our community that have contributed greatly to the enrichment of our community. 
If you know of any artists, arts educators, arts administrators, volunteers, businesses, or organizations that need to be celebrated for their contributions to the arts, you're invited to nominate them for a Community Arts Award. Submissions are easy to make. Just go to their website, KalamazooArts.org. That's KalamazooArts.org. And find Community Arts Awards under the Program tab. Help the Arts Council recognize the rock stars in our community. Nominations are open until October 10th. And please remember to save the date. The ceremony will be held Tuesday, December 5th at 7 p.m. at the Gull Lake Center for the Fine Arts. Please join us next week for another installment of The Creative Cafe. And until then, enjoy all that that creative expression has to offer. Now you know. <laughs>